Hi, and welcome to The Booby Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls. And a quick shout out to one of our patrons, Amina. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the club. Um, And this week we are covering Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Um, And I have, you're going to have to help me out a little bit because I know you can't visually see this, but I've titled this one Dobby facepalm emoji because <laughs> every time I he does something I'm like Dobby I like, love that Stop. how am I gonna put that in as well, a I wrote title down as Dobby parentheses facepalm face emoji got it okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so the book was originally published July 2nd 1998 and it is also written by JK Rowling it got a Goodreads rating of 4.43 out of 5 and it's 341 pages and the movie came out in 2002 which was just a year after when the first one came out. So it came out right away pretty quickly. Um, Still a rating of PG uh, adventure, family fantasy, two hours and 41 minutes, which actually makes it um, the longest of the movies, Mm. which is hard to believe because it's actually the second shortest book in the series. Um, Order of the Phoenix, which is, which is the longest book is actually the second shortest movie. Huh? Interesting. Who knows? <laughs> uh, it was directed by Christopher Columbus, who um, also did the last movie. So is he Christopher Columbus or is he Chris Columbus? Because I've heard it both ways, but I don't know if like he goes. Because on the credits, it's always Chris Columbus. Oh, well, on IMDb, it is Christopher. Christopher. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Um, and actually, all four of his children appear somewhere within this movie. Oh, that's cool. So it's a family affair. <laughs> Uh, So the IMDb synopsis reads, An ancient prophecy seems to be coming true when a mysterious presence begins stalking the corridors of a school of magic and leaving its victims paralyzed. I like that it's still a school of magic. Yeah, it's it's still new. (laughs) Sure. This was one of the... When I was reading this book, I struggled a little bit because they kept repeating... Like, I guess it's because we just read the other Mm -hmm. one, but they, like would remind me what Hogwarts is right. or remind me what who, Quidditch is. Yeah. And yeah. everybody's, I was like, I get it. I literally just read this yeah. other book and I guess, I don't know. I, I mean, you think about it when the books were coming out, they weren't back to back to back. I, it was like a few, a year or two yeah. in between. So they're just like, Hey, by the way, just, I just hope it doesn't continue. <laughs> yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so some fun facts, uh, uh, Rowling actually found it really difficult to read or to write this book in particular. Um, she was afraid that it wasn't going to live up to the expectations of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Can which... I make a claim here at yeah. this point? I thought this this second book was very similar to the first book. And you can almost tell that she was t- too timid to go, to go further. For it, yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. We're going down another corridor with another you know, soldier of Voldemort. Like, you know what I mean? It had a lot of similarities in it. So that that makes sense that you say that now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It actually immediately took first place in the UK bestseller list and it displaced some popular authors um, like John Grisham, Tom Clancy, and Terry Pratchett. Um, And it made Rowling the first author to win the British Book Awards Children's Book of the Year two years in a row. She took down the giants, man. Big time. Um, and then, then it also went straight to the top of three bestseller lists, including New York Times, which is one of the best ones or biggest ones. This book was the recipient of several other awards, including the American Library Association's um, 
or it's listed among its 200 notable children's books. And in 1999, Booklist named the book one of it one of its editors' choices as one of the top 10 fantasy novels novels for youth. So some big awards for them. Yeah. I mean, obviously the hype with the first one was so yeah. high that I, I can see why it was critically acclaimed. It'll be interesting to see if any of the other books also have that yeah all of those awards as yeah. well um and then I, I won't go too much into it because we don't want to do spoilers for the other um books and movies but this book actually has a lot of ties to the sixth book the half-blood prince um there are quite a few things that are mentioned or talked about in this specific book that come up in that Great. one so i will Great. mention them when we get to that book <laughs> i just can't have these authors expecting me to remember things from a million but pages ago. that's the whole ago. point of a series, though. Ugh. If you don't like that, you got to read one-off books. I'm not doing this on purpose. <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, so the movie has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is 1% higher than the first one. Interesting. So uh, the budget for this movie was $100 million, which is less than the first movie, probably because they figured out ways to do things mm-hmm. a little cheaper for this, this go round. Um, and then it grossed worldwide, um, a hundred and no, not a hundred, 879 million, which, you know, is pennies compared to the trillion that yeah. the other one made. I'm still shocked that that's how much the first one made. Crazy. Um, but yeah, so, so still obviously a huge hit in the box office. Uh, some fun facts about the movie. Daniel Ratcliffe was actually initially offered only 125,000 pounds, which is roughly like $181,000 US um, for the movie. But the actor's union quality, which I think is like a the union of actors, mm-hmm. um, stepped in and negotiated new terms for him. And he got roughly about 2 million pounds, which is about 3 million wow. US dollars. So it's a big jump. It's a huge chunk, but good for them. Yeah. Uh, so Rupert Grant, who plays uh, Ron Weasley, actually has a huge, severe case of arachnophobia, oh, the fear of spiders. Yeah. And he he said in an interview that he still has not watched the entire scene where Harry and Ron are in Aragog's Hollow mm-hmm. because it makes him so uncomfortable and it just frightens the heck out of him. That's um, and But you can actually see it in his acting that he wasn't acting. He was mm-hmm. actually terrified during that entire scene. Well, that's great. I guess that's, I mean good for him for being afraid it made (laughs) it more realistic (laughs) um throughout the movie we see some of the kids and the people at school get petrified they actually ended up using full-size models to replace the cast members in those scenes when they were petrified so they didn't have to stand there all stiff they're actually like sense you know well they almost look more like glassy and like you know not realistic uh, so the Weasley's car that we see it, it pops up throughout this this film is a Ford Anglia. Anglia. Um, And it's actually the same color and model that J.K. Rowling and her best friend drove around when they were growing up. That's cute. And it just reminded her of, like, good times with her. So she wanted it to be in this movie. Um, But they ended up actually going through 14 of them because they got so destroyed during the scene of the Whomping Willow. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, The filming actually began... I talked... I said earlier about how... This this film came out very closely to the first one. Um, and filming actually began only three days after the release of the first one. Um, and this makes actually the only movie in the franchise that was produced and released within one year of the other one. 
and it's only diff- the only difference is it is the Deathly Hollows was actually filmed as one entire movie and split, uh, and split. so they didn't it yeah. wasn't like they stopped mm-hmm. production they wanted to one. bank on the fact that the hype was so high they're like we gotta oh, release this for ASAP sure, <laughs> for sure uh, so the set um, of Dumbledore's office in this film beautiful but they said it was one of the most expensive and time consuming to construct throughout the entire movies of all the sets because it's so intricate it's so like awesome though yeah <laughs> uh so i don't know if you remember this if you went to the movies in you know early 2000s the trailers is where you like for the movies mm-hmm. at the theater was where you saw the trailers totally. they didn't come out on youtube right. how they do now so it was released during the scooby-doo movie huh. and so people like huge harry potter fans went just to go see scooby-doo <laughs> so they could see the trailer oh i'm sure <laughs> for scooby-doo the made a lot of money because oh of that. i'm sure i'm sure and i'm sure they're they probably had to pay for those to mm-hmm. get a one way or the other, someone was paying for that to happen. I wonder if that's even a thing anymore. I doubt it. Probably not. <laughs> Who even goes? Well, you go to movies. <laughs> right. I do. <laughs> a lot. Uh, and then lastly, J.K. Rowling actually created a guide to teach the cast members how to speak parcel tongue. Huh. And I'm wondering what that would look like. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's I feel it's very similar to like when people speak like Klingon. Yeah. I'm like... I realize that it can be learned, but it right. just sounds very strange and right. hard. But it make it it doesn't surprise me that she did that, considering then you know there's all these other offshoots of mm. Harry Potter, like you know, yeah, of all the other intricacies of True. of these of this series. Uh, so the cast, we went through a lot of the main characters last week, mm-hmm. so we're not going to go through Harry and Ron and them. Um, but I did want to um, go through the Weasley family. Yeah, obviously. they actually are pretty, they're a lot more predominant in this movie um, than they were in the last one. So we'll start with Fred Weasley, who is, we'll, we'll go with Fred and George, yeah. <laughs> um, which are Ron's twin older brothers. And they're actually played by real life twins, James and Oliver Phelps. Um, and these were, this is actually their very first film. Oh, they wow. never acted before. Um, and George or Oliver who plays George is actually 13 minutes older. Wow. That's a big <laughs> chunk of time. Yeah. Um, and they're six, three, they're very tall. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually, you know, see them grow throughout the films. Uh, but <laughs> they did say that they ditched school to go to the audition for, for <laughs> Harry Potter, which is so fitting for these two characters. Totally. So. Well, it paid off. Oh, for sure. And they're hilarious. I love these two characters. They, they, in na- the book and in the movie. Right. They nailed these, these mm. two these two guys i just i thought they were so great yeah. and i loved watching them grow up throughout, throughout this too yeah. so uh so jenny weasley who is ron weasley's little sister is played by bonnie wright and um she actually tried out for the film after her older brother um mentioned that he that he thought that she reminded him of Ginny after he read the book. So she was like, okay, maybe I'll try out. And then it worked out. Um, Her and Emma Watson, who plays um, Hermione, are actually still really good friends. And um, she was once engaged to Jamie Campbell Bower, who played Cassius in the Twilight films. (laughs) So I don't know what happened, but they didn't tie the knot. The rivals of the... uh fantasy world yeah, i'm sure they all kind of run in the same circles oh, sure. and you know comic cons and all mm-hmm. that stuff so um mr weasley who is ron's dad is played by mark williams and i totally i kept watching him in this and i'm like i know him from somewhere and then i totally forgot that he's horace in 101 dalmatians which i know you haven't seen I'm not. um but he's like cruella Deville's one of his little 
one of her uh, minions. Crone, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I loved him. I thought he was. I thought he he's was so good. cute. Um, Mrs. Weasley, who is Ron's mom, is played by Dame Julie Walters. Wow, these dames. Man. I know, and I did actually Google it because I wanted to make sure I was speaking on this correctly. But a dame is exactly like if so- if you were to knight someone. It's mm. just the female version of it. Um, but she's actually a comedian as well. That's where she got her start. Um, and she was nominated for two Oscars. She didn't win, but still nominated. And then she was um, her voice was the witch of, of Brave. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. So one thing that I found about her, though, is that her former boyfriend is actually like the person who was like, you know what? I think you you could be an actor. You can be an actress. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I can see that in you. So he actually persuaded her to become an actress. And he later proposed to her and she ended up turning him down because she said she had finally discovered her vocation in life Ooh. and realized <laughs> that marriage at that point would hold her back. And I'm like. So he shot himself in the foot. <laughs> yeah. So he's the one who persuaded right. her to go into acting, and that's what ended up. But hey, this is like marriage. the definition of the, the like you you meet everybody for a reason. Like, right. You know, it didn't work out between them, but he was to be, he was responsible for her becoming an actress, and now she's a dame. <laughs> <laughs> so Percy Weasley, who is Ron's older brother, um, one of <laughs> one of his older brothers, uh, is played by Chris Rankin, uh, and we talk about this last last episode but we'll talk about it more this episode that percy really gets taken out he gets taken out of these movies quite a bit he play he's a he gets mentioned a lot throughout the books um and it's funny i just started watching this show called the dairy girls on netflix and Mm -hmm. it's about these irish girls or whatever and in their school that they go to they have prefects oh and i was like (laughs) so it must be a british thing i guess or just well they're Um, not ireland but UK yes. thing. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I know what that is. Mm. Um, but he was actually an assistant uh, production coordinator for Downtown Abbey after mm. he did the Harry Potter um, films. Um, and he actually had three guinea pigs at one point, and they were named Fred, George, and Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Fun fact for you. To ya. go with Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. So Dobby, it's this isn't played by person, but his voice... <laughs> Um, was given by Toby Jones. He's actually in the Hunger Games and Cap- the Captain America movies. Mm-hmm. Um, if you saw a picture of him, you'd totally know who he was. Um, but obviously we just get his voice. But during while they were shooting uh, the scenes with Dobby, they actually just used a ball and stick. <laughs> You're joking. Yeah. So everyone was just acting to a ball and stick, and then they, you know, I feel like put that'd be later. so hard. Like, how do you take that seriously? I don't know. <laughs> I wish I could see it though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Gilda- Gilderoy Lockhart, um, he's a buffoon. That's all I can say. <laughs> he is the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher mm-hmm. this year at Hogwarts, and he's played by uh, Kenneth Branagh. I'm totally butchering that. Um, he's actually Irish. Um, he played in the movie Dunkirk, Murder in, Murder on the Orient Express, and in the new movie Tenant that we saw this year, which is fabulous. That's what I've heard. If you need to watch a movie during quarantine, watch it. It's amazing. <laughs> um, Hugh Grant was actually originally casted to play this, um, but was forced to withdraw after a after um, scheduling conflicts with two huh. weeks' notice. I do like Hugh Grant, but I, I could also, have totally seen him totally. Doing this. But like this guy is like really, really. Um, Really, really good looking. Yeah, <laughs> so it actually works perfectly for like the type of role he's but, playing. But but you're thinking you're you're talking about Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant in two thousand two. 
he's that's he has, true. He has that is his problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but Kenneth actually um, studied acting at the Royal Academy of Dr- of Dramatic Art in London. Fancy. I know. Was which I like can the, totally see. Is that like the Juilliard of acting? I don't know. It Europe? sounds like it. <laughs> um, but he was actually once married to Emma Thompson, who plays Professor Professor Sybil. Trelawney. Trelawney. Yep. Yeah. Um, but that, they actually divorced in 1995. So that was before Harry Potter, before all of wow. this. Um, so I thought that was interesting. So he's now remarried and whatever. Yeah. But next character we get introduced to in this film is Moaning Myrtles, mm. um, is played by Shirley Henderson, who is the voice of Babu Freak in the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Is She's like that little tiny like oh, yeah. mechanic thing. Yeah, 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 that's her voice. Oh, how yeah. interesting. Um, but Shirley Henderson was actually the oldest actress to portray a Hogwarts student. And I was like, how old was she? She looked really young. She was 37 when she played this role. She was born in 1965. Wow. And she's supposed to play like a teenager. Yeah. Wow crazy they made her look really young yeah uh but she was annoying just how she was supposed to be and she really brought that character to life even though she's dead right (laughs) bazinga bazinga (laughs) uh last character i wanted to mention this time is tom riddle who is played by christian colson Tom Riddle is the young Voldemort mm. in this uh, in this storyline, um, and he actually landed the role as Tom Riddle, um, even though he was 23, and he exceeded the 15 to 17 age group set for these auditions. But I'm like, so then how'd they pick him? I don't know. Evidently, he just went anyway, uh. and like I guess it called for a 15 to 17 mm. year old. But I'm like, why is there an age group for this guy? But Moni Myrtle is 37. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, and not to mention a lot of like books and movies or not books, um, movies and TV shows. Most of those people that are playing like the young teenage people are usually in their twenties and thirties. Yeah. Have you seen (laughs) the vampire diaries? Right. Exactly. (laughs) All this means is that if, if Shirley Henderson can play Moni Myrtle at 37, like I still have time. I'm going to be 34. I don't know. I could be an actress in the Harry Potter movies. Well, Probably not, because those are over. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Maybe in Fantastic Beasts, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Christian Coulson, who played Tom Riddle, is also in the TV series Nashville, which I have not watched, oh. but I know many people love. Yeah. He's very good looking. He is. Um, but he's a jerk face, so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll get into more characters next episode, obviously, but that was those good. are the ones I pulled out this I like time. It. All right, time for what does this spell do? Oh, jeez. I was trying to, like, study the, not study, but, like, pay attention <laughs> more, and I don't think I'm going to do very well. well you never know. Um, all right, your first one is immobilis. Immobilis or immobilize? Like, immobilize? <laughs> like, the word yeah. of, no, it's not. It's immobil, immobilis. Okay, but it immobilizes people. Sure. It's the freezing charm. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, next one is expelliarmus. Does that like blow things up? No, that's called the disarming charm. Mm. And basically when you do it, 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 that other person loses their wand. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand why everyone would like, that would be my go-to first thing. Yeah. To actually, let me rephrase. It doesn't, they don't necessarily lose their wand. They lose whatever's in their hand. So it's basically, you're Got disarming it. them if they have a weapon. And of I would sort. definitely use that as my first spell in a duel. <laughs> that seems right. Like, like get, <laughs> get their weapon out of their hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then last is obliviate. That blows things up. No. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Um, if you want to, if it's blowing up memories, sure. Yeah. It's the memory or forgetfulness charm and it's used mm. to erase specific memories. 
So not blowing up things. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got who said it. Uh, first up, we've got, but mostly, sir, life has improved for my kind since you triumphed over he who must not be named. Hmm. Let's go with Snape. <laughs> not even close, huh? No. I know. It's Dobby. <laughs> Oh, Dobby. Dobby. Um, all right, next one. You will find that I will only truly have left this school when none here are loyal to me. That was Dumbledore. Yes. That was a total yes. gimme. It's so hard because I, I try to pick really good ones while I'm reading the books. And then I watch the movie and I'm like, okay, well, a lot of things are said in the movie. Yeah. It's fine. Right. <laughs> Last one. Fame is a fickle friend, Harry. Celebrity is as celebrity does. Remember that. Gilderoy. Yes. <laughs> and all his knowledge. <laughs> all right. Next up, we've got F. Mary Kill. Your options this time are Professor Lockhart, Lucius Malfoy, and Arthur Weasley. Okay, wait. Who's the first one again? <laughs> Professor Lockhart. Gilderoy. Oh, okay. Um... Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm going to kill Lucius. Well, yeah. Because he's gross and has long mm. hair like that. And he's mean. Um, I'm going to marry Arthur Weasley. Okay. Because he's just nice. Um, and I'll go into the Chamber of Secrets with Lockhart <laughs> for the night. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I will also kill Lucius. Um, I will actually marry Professor Lockhart because at this point he's lost his memory and he just seems like a really cool, okay, nice... Okay, but you, you didn't say at what point. Sure, but like... He That's what great, I'm going with. And he has a great smile. And he does have a great smile. Um, and then I will go into the Chamber of Secrets with Arthur Weasley. <laughs> Which sounds so wrong. <laughs> sounds so boring. All right. We will try to not make this an hour and 45 minutes, but... No promises. Zero promises. <laughs> um, okay. But before we start getting into the movie, uh, Boyfriend Ray bought us a Christmas present. Wow. How uh, nice of him. I mean, he is our honorary third member of this is. podcast. Um. I have no idea what this is, but it has something to do with the Boovie Girls because I had to write a formal letter to whoever this came from saying that I authorized him to use our logo. Wow. So, that um, sounds fancy. Yeah. Uh, and whatever this is, we will post it on our Instagram. Uh, it's beautifully wrapped. <laughs> like any mail. It's kind of heavy. All right. I'm excited. This is definitely the wrapping that came in the... Whatever. With the gift? Yeah, with the gift. <laughs> What is this? I don't even think he opened this. He definitely didn't even open it. He didn't check That's to make sure it looks good. That's such a guy thing to not even look. Right, like what if it's terrible and you have to return it? <laughs> I guess that's on us now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, what is this bag? Oh my God, I'm excited. It looks like clothing. Okay, well you take that. Okay. Oh, there's two? Yeah, he said he got it for both of us. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <gasps> Oh my god, these are so Those cool! Are so cute. Um, they're zip-up hoodies. They're super cute. They have our logo on the front, and then on the back it says, "Don't judge a book by its movie." Oh my god, that's so cute. That is so nice that of is him. So thoughtful. Boyfriend Ray wins. He definitely won <laughs> Christmas. What a nice guy. This is really cool. I'm gonna wear it home. Wow, they're actual champion hoodies. Like they're like legit. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm you impressed. Know what? Take back the engagement ring that I'm sure is under the Christmas tree still. <laughs> All I need is a booby girl sweatshirt. Listen, in this in this instance, <laughs> I get to win too. Yeah, so. there you go. You <laughs> Thanks, boyfriend Ray. <laughs> you can wear it at, at our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into this. Um, so 
the movie starts back at the freaking Dursleys, who we all love to hate. <laughs> um, and Harry's upstairs, and he's he now has his own bedroom. Uh, but and then poor Hedwig is locked, locked in, in the cage. cage. So rude, so mean. Um, but Harry's also very sad because none of his friends have written him letters. <laughs> Could you imagine? I feel like you wouldn't write me letters. No, I'm a terrible right. letter writer. <laughs> You'd be like, I'll see you. Yeah. I'll see you when school starts. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's really sad because he thinks no, none of his friends are writing him while he's gone. Um, and then the Dursleys have these like really awful couple from work coming over. And they basically just tell Harry that he needs to stay upstairs and like. Make be, no noise. Yeah, and be invisible. <laughs> um, we get a lot more detail, obviously, in the book about, you know, Harry's life upstairs mm-hmm. and how like they've locked you know pretty much you know all of his stuff all away. of his stuff away he can't do magic um one thing that was a little bit different is in the in the movie you don't get that sense of like the dursleys are scared of him uh-huh. because in the book they are yeah totally they like uh once he came back after first year he basically told them or didn't tell them that he's technically not allowed to do magic so at this point they're like at any point he could turn us into a pig and we have no control over it yeah so if if i were them i'd probably be scared too yeah but yeah you don't really get that sense in the movie yeah so strange um yeah they're just jerks just straight jerks for no reason um but basically they're warning harry if you don't behave you don't get to go back to hogwarts we're not gonna let you go back there um (laughs) so this couple comes over and all of a sudden like this this little elf thing shows up in Harry's bedroom and everyone's like, what is this thing? Like, uh, you know, being someone who didn't read the books before you watch the movie, mm. I was like, oh, that thing's kind of cute, you know, but <laughs> kind of ugly. I love Dobby. Uh, yeah, but in walks Dobby, who is a house elf, and he's there to warn Harry that he shouldn't go back to Hogwarts because it's dangerous. Um, but I thought they did a perfect portrayal of what Dobby was supposed to look like. Totally. Like, I mean, right I'm, I'm assuming it was CGI because oh, yeah, it's not for a person. Sure. But. Um, but yeah, so he's making all these, you know, all this noise. And he actually ends up telling Harry that he kept the letters from all of his friends because he thought if no one, you know, was writing to him, Harry wouldn't want to go back. So come to find out that Dobby is like trying to help, but not the right. most helpful. Um, but Harry's basically telling him that he needs to leave. He needs to leave. So... Dobby ends up going downstairs and there's this giant cake downstairs and Dobby ends up like levitating this cake and it ends up falling on one of their guests head. Terrible. Um, which is kind of like one thing, like a scene that you always remember from this mm-hmm. movie. And it actually didn't even happen in the book. No, he does make the cake le- levitate in the book, but he really just drops it right back down onto like the kitchen floor. Right. So they added, you know, the, Cake on the lady for added effect, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, in the book, something additional is once that happens, an owl actually comes in through the window oh, and yeah. sits on the lady's head, <laughs> um, which then that causes, like, a hole because yeah. um, she's scared of birds, rightfully so. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of what creates the, the craziness in the book. So they're super upset at Harry at this point because it's all his fault, obviously. And they end up putting bars on his windows in his bedroom. And so Harry's there one night and all of a sudden this little car comes flying and it's Ron and Fred and George there to rescue him. And they basically end up pulling the doors, you know, the window or the bars off the door and they come and rescue Harry. It's a, it's a lot more sped up in, totally. in the movie. Because um, didn't you say like, 
the boys actually run into the house. Yeah. So like we mentioned in, in the book, they've locked up all of his school supplies. Mm-hmm. So they have to help him actually um, unlock the cupboard under the stairs where he used to live and retrieve all of his stuff. So they actually go into the house and like it's a whole it's bigger very scene. Dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they end up getting away. Like obviously the Dursleys try to stop them and they can't. Uh, and then as they're driving away, you know, Ron and, ends up saying, you know, Harry, happy birthday, because mm. then it's his birthday again. Uh, but they end up flying to Ron's house, which is like, what do they call it? The, the burrow. The burrow. Mm-hmm. They actually add this clock into the Weasley's house, and it tells where they are, where they all are mm-hmm. at any given time. And I was yeah. like, that's a mother's dream. That's find my friends on totally. iPhone. The, the clock in the book is a little different. It like tells you like it's, it's time to clean the kitchen, or mm-hmm. like it's time to do this. But I like that change. <laughs> uh, but they get there, and... Mrs. Weasley is pissed. Yeah, right. Like, so. she's so mad. Um, and then little Ginny comes down and is, like, super starstruck of Harry, um, which I just loved. Um, I will say, Ron makes this entire movie for me. He is so great in this he is. movie. He's, He's great in all of them, but this movie, he is so funny. You're absolutely right about that. He is so funny. Through <laughs> this whole thing. And you can tell that he's just about to hit puberty mm-hmm. in real life. So his voice squeaks, and it is so great. Yeah. So I just had to... Spoiler alert. I don't know if I mentioned this last last time, but he is one of my absolute favorite yeah. characters in this entire <laughs> series. Uh, but, but then we also see Ron's dad come in, and he does the, you know, the dad thing. And the, the mom's trying to scold them, and he's like... Okay, but, like, how did the car run? Right. Like, how did it go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we find out that his dad actually works for the Ministry of Magic as... I just said that he works with, with muggle items. Mm-hmm. It, his official title is something um, crazier than that. Yeah, I don't remember it entirely, but, it, <laughs> yeah. Something to that effect. But basically what it is is that his Misuse dad, of muggle artifacts or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so basically it's like if a wizard or a witch takes something that's a normal muggle item and makes it magic Mm -hmm. they're not supposed to do that right because god forbid if it falls back into the hands of a muggle they will freak out and be like what's happening to my tea set yes (laughs) um and then we also get introduced to errol their Mm -hmm. old owl who just flies you know straight into the windows he's clearly at the end of his days (laughs) yeah uh but what we don't get is in the movie we don't get the punishment that their mom gives them for taking the car out i love it um their punishment is to de-gnome their garden (laughs) which when you think about it in the muggle world you're like oh the cute little like that's what harry thought right exactly they're cute little statues no no these are actual gnomes that are basically giant nuisances that come into their garden and like mess up their garden so they physically have to remove them every so often which is hilarious <laughs> it's so funny um and also something else that we don't get in the movie is the, like again percy gets you know mm-hmm. written out of this a lot in the book there they talk about how percy has been kind of weird all summer yeah oh yeah so he apparently has a secret girlfriend that nobody knows about <laughs> um and he's been basically holed up in his room all summer like communicating with her yeah and it's just another being weird <laughs> the thing i love about percy in the books is about how he, he in his mind he everything he he's he has going on is the most important thing that well, is yeah. ever happening he's and, a prefect <laughs> and nobody cares <laughs> right and we definitely don't get that at all no in the movie, he's a total type a so yeah. i can relate <laughs> 
so, but then they talk about how they need to go to Dagon Alley to get, you know, their new school supplies. Um, and that they're going to be traveling by flu powder. Would you like to describe what flu powder is? Sure. So it sounds like what it is. It's basically like a dusty powdery, um, substance that they essentially have to grab a handful of and speak very like vividly what, where they're trying to go. And then as they do that, they, they pour it or, you know, they dump it down in their fireplace. Thank you. In their fireplace. And essentially a cloud of like green smoke pops up and you get transformed or trans <laughs> whatever you said, you get sent to the place where you're going, <laughs> which sounds like a great way to travel. If you do it properly, if you do it properly, which Harry does not. Uh, so one of the things that they tell you to do is you have to speak very clearly mm-hmm. and Harry does not. So he's supposed to be saying Diagon Alley and he ends up saying diagonally. Um, and in the movie, it basically has him saying that. And then the next thing we see is just him shooting out diagonally, um, into a place where he didn't expect to go in the book. It's almost like this like vortex he goes Mm -hmm. into and we get a lot more detail into it, which I thought it was fine that we didn't get that. Like there's enough magic going on. (laughs) You're so funny. Well, I'm just saying it's, it it all ends up the same. That's true. Um, but so now he's in the wrong part of Diagon Alley. Like he's down the street, basically. It's called Nocturne Alley. Yeah. Nocturne Alley. Oh, like nocturnally. Wow. Wow. In the movie, he basically ends up in this like dark looking shop and then he runs into Hagrid right away. Mm -hmm. And then Hagrid takes him to where he's supposed to be. Uh, In the book, something happens in between that. Yes. So he actually, so where he shoots out into in both the book and the movie is a shop called Borgen and Burks. Um, It's basically a artifact shop where you can buy and sell different artifacts. Um, And he actually ends up seeing, they don't see him, but he ends up seeing Draco and his dad, Lucius, who we get introduced to. um, And they're trying to sell some sort of artifact or like weird thing that has some dark magic tied to it. Um, So he overhears that conversation. And then he does end up in the alley and Hagrid does end up finding him. I was shocked that that was not included. Same. Because it kind of gives you a little bit of the Malfoys and how they're a little sketch. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and this whole scene kind of gets sped up in the book. We, we meet Hermione's parents at this point Mm -hmm. that gets written out. There's another trip to Gringotts bank that again gets written out, which I get it. It, I I feel like in the book, they, they heart more on how the Weasleys don't have money. Mm -hmm. Like it gets mentioned in the, in the movie. Uh, but in the, in the book, this was kind of another point where Harry has all of this gold and he was trying to hide it from the Weasleys because he didn't want them to feel bad. Um, but I was like, Harry, you could like help out. True. Bro. Come on. You know? Um, they're like, Ginny has to wear all these like hand me downs. I'm like, Harry, like, Help a sister out. Right. They literally just rescued you from the worst people in the world, but it's fine. Um, So, but now they have to go get their new new book list Mm -hmm. uh, for the Defense of Dark Arts course. And it's like eight books by the same guy. And this is where we meet Gilderoy Lockhart um, in Flourish and Blots, which Mm -hmm. is the bookstore. Um, And he ends up giving, he knows who Harry is right away. And he... I loved how he was described in the book more, how he was like, 
you got the fact in the book that he was very famous in his mind and he probably was Mm -hmm. and he was very threatened by harry's fame so he just kept trying to like downplay everything about harry yeah and you didn't really get that in the movie at all no in the movie it was more like oh this guy's famous i'm famous like let me use his fame to like you know, boost me up. Right. Too. Which was completely opposite in the, in the book. Yeah. Um, but in the, in the book, this is where Gilderoy makes his announcement of being the new defense against the dark arts. Teacher. Yeah. So, and they, we don't get that big announcement. Um, but he does pull Harry up and he gives him the entire collection of his, of his book. Uh, Free of charge. Yes. Yes. So consider it. Um, but in the book, Harry doesn't keep the books. No, this is actually one nice thing that he does end up doing. He ends up giving the books to Ginny. Um, he's mm-hmm. like, I can clearly pay for these books myself. So here you go. Right. Um, and then at the same time, they end up running into Draco and his dad. This is, where in the movie we get introduced to them mm-hmm. not not before and there's kind of a little like words back and forth between harry or uh, ron's dad and lucius but in the book they have a full it goes on, down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have a full-on like physical fight which i thought was so sad that they didn't include because i would have loved to have seen that yeah i thought maybe they just didn't want the adults to fight i don't know I guess. But so now they have all their school supplies. So they're at King Crossing to go. Hold on. Are you not going to mention some strange things that happened in that scene? What do you mean? Well, um, Lucius happens to pick up one of Mm. Ginny's raggedy, you know, school books. Yes. And then weirdly puts it back into her cauldron. Oh, yes. Just going to lay the groundwork there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, yeah. So now Ginny has this extra book. Mm in her unbeknownst to her. Right. <laughs> so now they're ready to go to Hogwarts. They're at King crossing and Harry and Ron try to get through the platform, just like it happens in the book. And they can't get through, which I was like, you left these two knuckleheads to be the last ones to go through. Right. Which is shocking. It's very not like Mrs. Weasley to right. be like, all my children need to go first and then I will go. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, but they end up deciding like, all right, well, we still got to get to school. So let's take the flying car. Um, genius idea. Genius idea. Uh, something that was a little bit different in the movie is we get this scene where they're trying to find the train mm-hmm. and they aren't exactly sure where it is. And then at one point the train is right behind them and they almost get hit and they almost fall out of the car. Um, None of that's in the book. We get more of like a boring road trip. Yeah. Like by the the end, they're like, is this trip over? Like we just want to get there. Yeah. So, but they end up crash landing into the Whomping Willow, which is this big giant tree outside of Hogwarts. That attacks anything that hits it. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but this is where Ron breaks his wands, Mm -hmm. which is so sad. Um, But the tree is pissed. The car (laughs) is pissed. And um, so the car ends up, you know, running away. He's like, get out of my car. After he spits all of them and their stuff out of it. (laughs) Gets them out of there. Um, But then on the way up into the castle, they end up, they end up running into Mr. Filch, which is the caretaker (laughs) hall monitor. (laughs) And, and at this point they Snape comes in and starts yelling at them because someone saw them 
in this flying car, mm. which is not okay. Right. Because if you're a muggle and you see that, you probably right. think you're going crazy. <laughs> exactly. Um, we don't get the whole scene of, or notion that Ginny got into Gryffindor. It right. kind of ends up just being implied mm. in the I mean, in the movie. It, that would be very weird if her entire family got into Gryffindor. She had, she it would have been a great plot twist. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, so the next scene we get, which is, I like this scene because I feel like, you know, one of the things I loved about the first movie is, you know, the new spells mm-hmm. and just normal life at Hogwarts. <laughs> and this was one of those scenes that we got in the second in the second movie. And they're at the greenhouse repotting the mandrakes. And <laughs> so they but they talk about how this this plant, which is like a little plant baby thing, mm-hmm. uh, is actually it can help people who have been petrified, which will help later obviously yes. uh but they said a full-grown mandrake will kill kill somebody if you if they hear their scream mm-hmm. they said oh, okay well these are babies so you know still put on your earmuffs so they all put on the earmuffs and they have these little plant babies start screaming and neville actually passes out which does not happen in the book no but i loved like, that i feel like <laughs> neville <laughs> Gets really like reamed in these movies, like yeah, he, like thing after him. thing after thing. They needed it though. <laughs> um, and then one also by Draco, which just again mm-hmm. does not happen in the. He book. deserves it. Yeah, so I loved that scene, um, and it's one of those that you always remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then now we're back in the Great Hall, and Ron's there trying to tape his wands. Um, and we get introduced to Colin Creevy. Mm-hmm. His name is this little first year who is just like the little paparazzi. He's the um, you know president of the Harry Potter fan club. Yep. <laughs> um, but they're starting to get mail and Ron gets a howler. Mm-mm. Do you want to describe what a howler is? Yeah. So it's basically a piece of, um, it's like a letter and uh, it actually ends up like speaking and no, yells, yelling. yelling at the person who is, is receiving it. So Ron ends up getting one from his mom yelling at him for sealing the car. Mm. I love that scene. That was great. <laughs> This is also where we find out that Ginny did, in fact, get into um, yes. Hogwarts. Or, sorry, into Gryffindor. <laughs> oh, yeah, because she's screaming and then she yeah. turns to her and is all nice about it. Uh, but now they're in their first defense against the dark arts class. And this is where we find out that Gilderoy Lockhart is their new teacher, which is their second teacher in two years mm. for this class. Um, and right off the bat, he ends up releasing all these Cornish pixies. And it's just mayhem. <laughs> yeah. And I think in the book, I think it's only like one, like in the, it's definitely not as crazy in the book. It is wild. <laughs> it is wild in the movie. Um, and everyone just kind of goes screaming out. Gilderoy Lockhart leaves and Harry, Ron and Hermione are there to deal with it on their own. And that doesn't happen in the book. No, I think he stays and like actually tries to help them like wrangle these pixies again, yeah. like a normal teacher would. <laughs> um, yeah. But in the, in the movie, it's like, really it's left up to her, Hermione because nobody right. actually knows enough magic to, to be able to do <laughs> these things right <laughs> um but so now all the pixies are you know taken care of and now they're back at quidditch practice which in the book they describe what quidditch is all over again um <laughs> uh, but we they don't mention about how uh wh- how what's his name oliver wood mm-hmm. is like so crazy at the beginning of this of this quidditch season like he wakes them up super early oh yeah he wants to win <laughs> yeah and i do feel like because i'm about i'm almost done with the third book now mm-hmm. And Quidditch is so focused on in these books. Yes. Like way more than in the Which movies. Which I appreciate, honestly. Like it's it's cool to see. I mean, sports are a big thing no matter where you are, depending yeah. on the sport. Um, so it's cool to see like that they have their own thing. I mean, I know of like actual 
actual Quidditch tournaments in real life that people do, which is odd because you can't fly, but it's very interesting. <laughs> I might need to YouTube that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do. It's fascinating. Uh, but yeah, so it, I mean, it obviously is still a big part in the movies, but not as big as yeah. it is in the books. Um, but in the movie, you know, Gryffindor has the, you know, they go out to go practice and then Slytherin ends up basically taking over their practice Mm -hmm. time. But this is where we find out that Malfoy is now the new seeker for the Slytherin team and that his dad basically bought him onto the team. He bought them all brand new Nimbus 2001s (laughs) or whatever (laughs) it is. Um, But this is where we get the vocabulary word mudblood. Yes. What a which terrible is, word. Which is not a nice word. No. Um, and he calls Hermione that. Uh, a mudblood is... Is basically a witch or wizard whose parents are not magical. So essentially because her parents are muggles, they call her mudblood, which is terrible. <laughs> so sad. Um, but Ron tries to stand up for her. And he basically tells Malfoy to eat slugs. But his what his wand is broken. So it backfires and, and he ends up, you know, vomiting (laughs) slugs everywhere, which is so gross. Um, I will say though, I feel like Ron is, uh, he does it in the, in the movies a lot where he stands up to Malfoy, Mm -hmm. but like in the books, like he really goes in on Malfoy. Oh yeah. He hates him. (laughs) He hates him way more in the book. And like, there's multiple times where they physically have to hold him back in the book from beating him up. (laughs) So you don't get that as much in the movies. Um, one thing that was different, though, is that Hermione actually knew what a mudblood was in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. She didn't know about it in the book until they go to visit Hagrid. And she's like, I just know that it wasn't nice. I don't right. know what it means. Which, um, I, I mean, makes sense. She grew up in the muggle world. Like, yeah. why would she know that? Right. Um, but they go down to Hagrid's, and this is where he basically they talk about the difference between pure bloods and, and mudbloods. But the big the big um, reason why that's such a big theme in this in this story is because mudbloods are are being targeted mm-hmm. later on in the movie. Yes. So they were laying the groundwork. Um, so now at this point in the book, there's this whole chapter and it's called the Death Day Party, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And it gets completely taken out of the movie, and I was so sad. Aren't you so glad you were reading the books now, though? Because things like that that you wish were in the movie, yeah. they're, but they're—I mean—they're done well in the book, so yeah. you get it. You get the. Experience, I mean, but. I get it that it, it wasn't a huge part plot-wise, mm. but. I don't know. Super you, cool. So yeah, it's a it's basically on Halloween, the ghosts of Hogwarts um, throw this death day party, basically. Um, and so um, Sir Nicholas, nearly, head, <laughs> nearly headless Nick, invites Harry and Ron and Hermione to actually go and, and kind of experience it. Well, and he wants them there because of Harry. Oh, yes. <laughs> he wants Harry to basically speak on his behalf to finally be inducted into the um, headless... Headless horseman? No, I forget. Something what like called. the headless horseman. Basically, horse like the fan or the club <laughs> that all the headless people are in are a part of. Um, he's hoping that because Harry is so influential, that that'll kind of <laughs> give him an edge, but it doesn't end up working. Um, but yeah, really great chapter that is completely taken out in the movie. Well, and that's I think where we get introduced. We get introduced to Moaning Myrtle. She's actually at the Death Day party. That's right. That's so true. we get introduced to her way Where? earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was really sad we didn't we didn't get that. Especially because they the scene in the book when they talk about the food, they're uh-huh. like, oh, there's food over here because they're missing the big feast. But all the food is 
is rotten because their ghosts don't actually eat it. Right. <laughs> so a super bummer that we didn't get it. But in the movie, they jump to, they jump to the scene where Harry has detention. Him and Ron were given detention because of the flying car mm. situation. We don't get Ron's detention, which was polishing. Was it awards? Yeah. Like their, <laughs> their award cabinet or whatever. <laughs> and he's still vomiting slugs. So it's like making it a lot harder. Right. But we do see that Harry's detention punishment was signing photographs for Gilderoy's fans. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think I would have rather had Ron's punishment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but this is the first time where Harry hears a mysterious voice. He doesn't know where it's coming from. And he ends up leaving detention and he runs into Ron. He hears the voice again. And, but now he's hearing that it's going to kill somebody. And we see the little spiders crawling away. And all of a sudden they get to a wall and it says the chamber of secrets has been open. Enemy of the air beware. And it's in blood. Mm-hmm. Blood. Spooky. <laughs> um, and then we also see poor Mrs. Norris, the cat. She's hung up. You think she's dead, but she's not. Mm-hmm. And then there's a puddle of water on the ground. Yeah, that's important. Um, yes, very important. But it, this is pretty much how it plays out in the book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course everyone comes over and they gather and everyone's like, what happened? And Draco says, you'll be next mudbloods. Um, and they automatically think that Snape, this is the part that drives me nuts in the book. They, oh, like, I know Snape is like supposed to be like the bad guy, but like, I'm like, guys, it's not Snape. Like, it's not like, let's move on. Like, like did we not him. learn from last year? Like it was clearly right. not Snape last year. And like, year they and... just keep going back. Yeah. That's, that was part of it where I was like, all right, like this is way too much like the first mm-hmm. book. I'm like, we were blaming him last year for everything. Right. So anyways, spoiler alert, it was not Snape who did this. Um, but Snape actually comes to their defense when... Sort Phil- of. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Filch basically says, you know, Harry's the one who found him. They did this. They did this. And Snape is like, they didn't do it. They can't do a spell like this, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but then they find out that, you know, Mrs. Norris is not dead, that Miss Miss Sprout can fix her with the mandrakes. Yes, she's been petrified. Yes. So now they are in their transfiguration class, which is from Professor McGonagall. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks about them turning animals into different objects. <laughs> and this is something that they added to the movie was Ron turns Scabbers, his rat, into a, a cup rat. <laughs> rat cup. Rat cup. <laughs> so, cup with a tail. <laughs> yeah. So basically his... Um, since his wand is broken, nothing is turning out yeah. <laughs> the way it should be. Um, but Hermione really wants to know more about the Chamber of Secrets because they don't know what it is at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and Professor McGonagall actually ends up telling them what it is. But in the book, it's that's not who tells them. No, um, it's actually a teacher that we are never introduced to in the movies, um, Professor Binns, who is actually a ghost, mm-hmm. but he does not know that he's a ghost. <laughs> he like died when he was teaching. He died when he, uh, I think he dies in his sleep and wakes up one day and goes to class and everyone's like, wait a minute, you're yeah. you're a ghost now. Yeah. <laughs> so, which makes sense because he's a very old teacher. Yeah. He would know these types of things, mm-hmm. you know, about the olden days. Yeah. So he gets totally written out. So the which is fine. Um, but she ends up telling them that Salazar Slytherin. We get this whole backstory in the book. Like it is, mm-hmm. it's it is very detailed. Um, but in a nutshell, that each. Each house, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Slytherin, all had somebody who started there, like Mm -hmm. the head of the house. 
Salazar Slytherin is who created the Slytherin house. And he is the one who created the Chamber of Secrets mm-hmm. at one point. And only his heir, his true heir, can end up opening it. So he created it basically to house a monster or something mm-hmm. that will attack muggle-born wizards. Right. Because he does not like the mudbloods. Yeah, he wanted basically everyone who came into Hogwarts to be pure blood. Right. And so everyone's now trying to figure out who is the heir of Slytherin, who has been able to open this chamber. And of course they're like, it must be Malfoy. I'm like, it's not that little twerp. Like, I mean, it's not. but like, let's be honest. I mean. It definitely could have been. <laughs> it could have been, but I mean, my mind went right into it. It was like, all right, if Malfoy's the heir, the heir of him, then that means his dad was... And I feel like his dad would have opened it. True. You know what I mean? So. He's very sinister. Anyway, so Harry, Ron, and Hermione are dead set because they are always wrong about everything. (laughs) And they have to meddle in everything. Yes. um, They think it's Malfoy. So they want to know. They want Malfoy to tell them Mm -hmm. that it's him. So they come up with this genius plan of making polyjuice potion, Mm -hmm. which is a potion that basically turns you into somebody else yes so it's it's very convoluted there's a lot of ingredients but one of the main ingredients is you need something from the person that you're turning into and then when you drink it um for a given amount of time you do end up turning into that person so they think that if they turn into malfoy's little cronies crab and goyle that they can get Malfoy to admit to them mm. that he is the true heir of Slytherin. It's actually a really good plan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> um, but it's going to take like a month for, mm. for this potion. So, you know, other things happen, blah, blah, blah. More Quidditch. Uh, <laughs> more Quidditch. <laughs> more Quidditch. So we get the match of Slytherin versus Gryffindor in Quidditch. Uh, Gryffindor's getting their butt kicked. Um, but at the same time, a bludger, which is like this little ball thing that's trying to attack the players because it's a violent sport, um, has gone completely rogue and is trying to attack Harry. Um, but he ends up still catching the snitch and they win. Um, but the bludger is still trying to attack him at the same time. And Hermione ends up blowing up the thing, which doesn't happen in the book. I think someone just ends up tackling it or something. Um, But at the same time, Harry ends up breaking his arm through all of this Mm -hmm. mayhem and Gilderoy (laughs) tries to fix it. Um, But instead of fixing his bones, he actually takes out his bones. Um, so they end up, and it's like this, like, I will say this is the point where, remember we talked about how the CGI and the effects were terrible in the first movie. Yes. Got a little better, but then we got the noodle arm (laughs) and it was just, it was a little weird. Um, but they take him up to the hospital or the hospital wing and something that they added, they had Malfoy there as well because he fell off his Mm. broom or whatever. And he's like, they're faking it and the nurse is like go i you don't you're you're fine just right leave. he loves to milk that story. yeah of course um but harry has to re regrow his bone which sounds very painful <laughs> um but while harry's there dobby shows up again come to find out that dobby face palm emoji um actually is the one who made the bludger attack him because he felt like if he hurt harry harry would leave right <laughs> His Dobby has, um, you know, the right idea in mind, but the execution is absolutely terrible. He has good intentions. Right. <laughs> um, but at the same time, he ends up telling Harry that he's the one that blocked the platform at King Crossing mm-hmm. for them to not be able to get into the Hogwarts Express. Um, so Harry is just, like, not happy about it. But at the same time, Dobby is trying to, like, punish himself for, <laughs> for doing all these things to Harry. Um, but he does describe to Harry at this point... 
that he wears a pillowcase because that's the only thing that house elves are able to wear because if they are given a piece of clothing from their owner, they become free, mm-hmm. which is important. Yes. Um, so Dobby basically just, he's, he tells Harry he doesn't want history to repeat itself. He's very vague. <laughs> it's very much like the centaurs in the first movie. How like they know. Things, oh yeah. They know, things. but they won't tell you. <laughs> Cause they're not exactly sure how they know. I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but while Harry is in the hospital wing, Colin actually is brought into the hospital wing as well because he has been attacked and petrified um and that he was looking through his camera at the time and the film has been burned mm-hmm. um but they basically say that you know the students are in ja- are in danger hogwarts is no longer safe and that the chamber has officially been open because i guess the cat wasn't the big enough no sign no one cared about mrs Norris. <laughs> so this is where we get introduced to moaning myrtle uh they're in the girls bathroom which is like a bathroom no one really uses mm-hmm. um and but they use that bathroom to brew the polyjuice potion because they don't want anyone to see what they're doing um but we get introduced to moaning myrtle who is a ghost that lives in the women's bathroom and she's just a wreck yeah she's She's been through it. She's been through it. She's every girl on her worst day, basically. Uh, But she's annoying, but she's so great. She's really great. Um, The next thing we get is Gilderoy's dueling club, which is they, they did it more so in the movie. They kind of brush it over. They're like, they decided to do this because to make the students safe. But Mm. in the book, they kind of talk more about how like, it was Gilderoy's, he wanted more fans and kids to look up to him right. more. I don't know, it's this whole long explanation. So, but they have all the kids there to practice dueling. So they're able to defend themselves if something were to attack. Um, and in the movie, or in the book, they actually have the kids, like, practice separately. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so... It's so funny. A lot of that stuff is taken out where like, it's like a class effort right. in the movie. It's like, okay, well, Harry and someone else, it's like, right. we're going to focus on that, <laughs> which I get, whatever. Um, but yeah, so all the kids kind of break into different um, groups and, and, and practice. Hermione actually gets up, uh, gets paired up with a um, girl student from Slytherin house. And this is actually how she ends up grabbing hairs off of her um, cloak so that she can be make her polyjuice potion. Yes. So that's important to, to note. <laughs> yeah, but that gets completely taken out right. of the movie. <laughs> um, but we do get is Malfoy and Harry are up on the table and they are they are basically demonstrating how to duel and disarm your person that you're fighting this is my one of my absolute favorite lines where he's like scared potter you wish (laughs) so dumb uh but anyway so they start to go at it and basically they're only supposed to be disarming you know but you know kids don't listen uh so draco actually ends up doing a spell that that throws a snake at harry i guess (laughs) sure and um the snake is just about to attack another student and all of a sudden Harry starts speaking to the speaking to the snake. Mm-hmm. And in Harry's mind, he's speaking English. Right. To everyone else, he is not. He's like hissing and talking like a snake. And so but the snake ends up just leaving. But the students actually think that Harry was telling the snake to attack the student. Right. Which I mean I wouldn't have thought yeah, the same thing. Yeah, for sure. But this is where we find out that Harry is a parcel mouth. And he can speak parcel tongue. 
right? Yep. Yep. Um, but we also find out that so was Salazar Slytherin. So everyone's like, is Harry the heir of Slytherin? Ooh. Which I'm like, no, he's clearly <laughs> not. <laughs> but of course, all the students are just mean and they... They're judging him. Yeah, and he's in study <laughs> hall and, you know, the kids are just being mean and he hears, you know, they're talking about him. So he leaves study hall and he starts to hear the voices again. He ends up finding nearly headless Nick and another student have been petrified as the well. The student that was trying to, or thought he was being attacked by the snake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like there was in the book, there's like more people that get petrified and I feel like they switched some of the characters around. It was like, mm. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy, the same guy. But in the, in the book, there's also another girl. There's like another attack oh, of some random yeah. girl or something. Um, but of course, you know, Harry, wrong place, wrong time. Um, people, <laughs> He's really good at that. Yeah. So anyways, they end up taking Harry up to Dumbledore's office where we get to see the inner workings of Dumbledore. And we pass the sorting hat. And Harry- Am I correct in remembering that um, they changed the password to Dumbledore's uh, office in the movie? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure in the book it's Lemon Drop because that's his favorite uh-huh. candy. And they change it to Sherbert Lemon in the movie. Oh. Which I'm like, why would you change something like that? But mm, Maybe Lemon Drop is is uh trademarked true maybe who knows? well it's also isn't it a um a shot yeah so maybe it's they didn't want a great wanna... shot yeah. <laughs> it's a great shot <laughs> um but so harry passes the sorting hat getting to dumbledore's office and he basically just asks the sorting hat like are you sure you put me in the right house and he tells harry like yeah but like you still would have been good in Slytherin because at this point Harry's like maybe I am the heir you know (laughs) um but this is where we also get our first look at Fox the phoenix Mm -hmm. um and he burns up into flames and Harry's like oh god I killed something else (laughs) um but come to find out obviously he's a phoenix he's reborn from the ashes um and then we also find out that the phoenix has the tears of a phoenix have healing powers Mm -hmm. and that they can carry very large loads yes or heavy loads I should say (laughs) yes which you know Add that in because it needs to be important later, I yes. guess. <laughs> um, but Hagrid ends up bursting in at this <laughs> point and basically is trying to defend Harry and saying that he didn't do it. And Dumbledore is like, yeah, no, like he didn't do this. <laughs> Thanks, Hagrid. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, Harry has kind of, he, he kind of has his own notion of what he thinks. He, he does think Snape is behind this. He feels like he has reasons why. And Dumbledore is like, do you have something you need to tell me? Like, do you, is there something I should know? And Harry lies to him and says, no, which don't lie to Dumbledore. Right. But now it's Christmas. Of course. And I love we're two for two for them adding these beautiful winter scenes. We get these beautiful horse-drawn carriages. So pretty. Um, Which isn't in the book, but. I feel like they just keep adding Christmas and well, yeah. I'm okay Everybody with it. Loves it. Uh, but they're finalizing the plan now of the polyjuice potion and they need to, what they still need to do, they need to get crab and Goyle out of the picture because they can't have them, you know, walking in on each right. other. Um, so they give them these sleeping cupcakes. That, that, Genius. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they need to grab their hair from each of them to use. They need to hide them. They need to put on their new robes and um, Hermione, just has a hair. She's like, oh yeah, I got mine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so anyways, they're back in the bathroom. They drink the nasty polyjuice. It looks disgusting. Yeah. Like it's chunky. It's mm. gross. Uh, but it worked uh, mostly. Uh, anyways, Hermione refuses to come out of, <laughs> of the bathroom. Of the bathroom. Um, but so the, so the boys end up going to the Slytherin 
um, common room. Yeah. To mm-hmm. try to talk to Malfoy. There's actually a part in this where, um, Tom Felton who plays Draco mm-hmm. ended up ad libbing cause he forgot the line or whatever. Cause there's a part where he's like, I didn't know you could read. Oh yeah. And I guess that was completely ad lib. Oh, I he, love that. Yeah. Cause he forgot the line of yeah. it or whatever. They end up finding out that Malfoy does, is not the heir. Um, but he does know about the chambers, chamber of secrets and he knows that it was open 50 years ago. So they got a little bit more information. Mm-hmm. They end up running back to Hermione because it's starting to wear off. <laughs> yeah, you start to see yeah. uh, Ron's red hair yeah, and the, the scar. And in the book, they tell us that they have like an hour. Mm-hmm. It's like Cinderella till mm-hmm. the pumpkin turns back. Um, but <laughs> they go to try to find Hermione and she actually turned into a cat because it was a cat hair. Yeah. Um, but in the book, it's actually like a bigger deal because like this potion was not... It, it's not, not intended for right. animals. So yeah. they end up taking her to the hospital, hospital. wing and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So <laughs> it's a lot bigger of a deal in, in the book. Yeah. So, but now there is a flood in the bathroom and they're like trying to figure out what happened. And they go in and Moni Myrtle says that somebody threw a book at her, um, which was really mean. So she's really upset about yeah, it. Rightfully so. Um, and it flooded the bathroom. Uh, and Harry ends up finding the book on the floor. Dun, dun, dun. What is this book? End up finding out that this diary book is is owned by someone named Tom Riddle. And it, it's like blank pages, but Harry ends up finding out that it's like disappearing ink, basically. So mm-hmm. you write something in it, it goes away, and then someone answers you. Correct. Right? Yeah. It's about... <laughs> about right (laughs) um so but he starts asking you know this tom riddle guy about the chamber of secrets and he's like well i can actually show you so Mm -hmm. he sucks harry into his memory of the chamber and basically he shows um shows him the memory of the girl who died 50 years ago and that he ends up you know telling dumbledore about it and dumbledore says that they have to send all the kids home dumbledore is not the head the head guy at head this master, point. Correct. Nope. He's just a professor. Yep. Um, and Dumbledore's like, if this is what's happening, everyone's got to go home. Come to find out that Tom doesn't want to go home, similar to Harry, because he's an orphan mm-hmm. and he's not in a good situation. He wants to stay at Hogwarts. So he knows that if someone is not, you know, held responsible for this, they're all going to have to go home. So mean Tom Riddle ends up blaming poor, poor young Hagrid. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> that basically they were saying, we get this, we get the story about how Hagrid, he, he brought up this spider in their room mm-hmm. and that he really loves those creatures. Yeah. And that he ended up releasing the spider called Aragog into the school. And that, that is what killed the girl. Is supposedly supposedly that is what is what happened uh we don't get that story about the spider in the book they don't bring that part up they don't i don't at that point i don't not at that like we don't get like he brought up this spider it's just that he had released some sort of oh yeah, yeah you're right in it um but i guess it ties it all together in, right. in the movie but so now harry comes out of this memory or whatever and the next day we end up finding out that someone raided harry's bedroom and they took the diary but it had to have been a gryffindor because no other student or no other person could get in there Right. So it's either a Gryffindor or it's a teacher. Right. At this point. 
So, but the worst of worst happens now because of all this. The Quidditch match was canceled. How dare Oliver they? Wood is just <laughs> devastated um, because poor Hermione has now been petrified. Um, she was found near the library with a mirror in her hand. Um, and this is where basically, this is like, remember at the beginning of quarantine when the basketball player got Mm-hmm. COVID and it's like, all right, we're shutting this down. Hermione was that basketball player. Like we're shutting it down. Yeah. We're Apparently at- she's so important yes. that it was like, this is the moment. <laughs> yes. So basically they just go into lockdown. They said the school might not, might close if they don't find out who is responsible for this. So like Tom Riddle, Harry cannot have that happen. Cause he's going to go back to the Dursleys. Rightfully so. So they go to visit Hagrid and, Hagrid is super on edge. He opens the door with a giant shotgun. Um, And they go in. They're trying to ask, you know, Hagrid what happened. At the same time, Dumbledore and Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic, come to his door with Lucius Malfoy for whatever reason. (laughs) And they basically are blaming Hagrid because Hagrid was blamed for this 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. He must be doing it now. This is actually what ended up getting Hagrid expelled from Hogwarts so many years ago. Yep. And so they end up taking Hagrid to Azkaban to get him out of here. And they've actually, they also say that Dumbledore has been suspended because the governors have decided that he is no longer fit to run the school. Basically, Lucius decided and he bullied everybody else into also deciding. <laughs> exactly. So, but on their way out, Dumbledore, you get the fact that you Dumbledore knows that Harry and Ron are there because Dumbledore knows everything. Mind you, they're under their invisibility cloak yes, at this point. The, yes. So the other people do not know that they're right. there. Um, but on the way out, Dumbledore says, help will always be given to people at Hogwarts who ask for it, which is what's in the book. Mm-hmm. But there's another part before that that said that he says, you will find that I will only truly have left the school when no one here are loyal to me, which is very important. And they didn't put it in the movie. <laughs> Apparently there's not there wasn't enough time for Dumbledore. There wasn't five more that. seconds in a two hour and 41 minute movie. No. It was very strange. Um, and then as Hagrid's leaving, he basically tells them, you know, follow the spiders and someone please feed my dog. <laughs> Poor Fang. That's always my biggest fear is like if something happens to me and or me and boyfriend Ray and no one knows and Abby's going to be at home by herself for God knows how long. Good news is I live in your complex I and know. I have a key to your house. But still, <laughs> but you, how will you know that? That's true. If I, if I don't know if what, something's happened to you. Yeah. Hopefully it's, that never happens. The things that keep me up at night. <laughs> um, but I love this part because this is where you get the real notion that Ron is terrified of spiders he's like follow the spiders why couldn't i have been followed the butterflies and i was like ron Love you are amazing yeah. uh but a little different in the in the book versus the movie in the movie they immediately see these spiders going into the dark forest in the book it's like weeks later when they end up doing this yeah which i know it's for time's sake but. <laughs> yeah so they follow the spiders into the dark forest in the book they run into something right off the bat when they get into the woods. Yes, they run into the flying car. Yeah. <laughs> That's been hiding out. <laughs> Away from them because it hates them. <laughs> yeah. So they they keep following these spiders and they end up running into this giant spider uh, called Aragog, which is supposedly the spider that Hagrid raised mm-hmm. when he was at Hogwarts and yada yada. And, and is apparently to blame for all of these killings. Yes. And he knows that Hagrid did not open the Chamber of Secrets, obviously. Um, in the book, the spider's blind. Mm-hmm. 
in the movie, he's not blind. He has big black eyes <laughs> that he can see, <laughs> see in. Um, in the book, it's a lot more dramatic, too. Like, they get picked up by this giant spider mm-hmm. and Fang his, is there. His minions try to like eat Harry and Ron and like. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause they did the whole thing in the book where it's like, I told Hagrid I wouldn't harm him or his friends, but I didn't say that my children wouldn't. Right. I'm like, Oh, run, <laughs> get out. <laughs> um, but the spider does tell them, you know, that what is in the chamber is what spiders fear. So that's why they run away from it. And he also says that the girl who died 50 years ago was found in the bathroom. Um, And (laughs) so then you're like, okay, who's in the bathroom? Mm -hmm. Two and two together. Uh, But at this point, this is where the spiders start to attack (laughs) them and the car comes and rescues them. And that was the first part in the movie where the car comes back. Yeah. And in the movie, they end up actually like getting the car to fly again to get rid of. And that definitely does not happen in the book. They just drive away. And then they get out of the car and it drives away again. (laughs) Uh, So they go back to visit Hermione in the hospital wing. Uh, they end up finding a little note in Hermione's hand, which happens in the book as well. Um, and at this point, it was like one of those things where it's, this is, again, this is what happened in the first movie where it's like, they all figured it out at the same time, but didn't know that they all figured it right. out at the same time. <laughs> like Hermione had found, figured out that it was a snake, mm-hmm. that spiders are afraid of snakes. It's a, ba- a basilisk. Correct. Which kills people by looking at it basically. Yes. Right. Um, so, and Harry and Ron have also put two and two together and they end up finding this note in Hermione's hand that talks about the basilisk, but then also she wrote on a little piece of paper was saying that it says pipes, I think. Mm -hmm. And so they figure out that this snake is getting through the school in the pipes. Um, also something to note though, cause they're like, all right, well, if the, if a look from this spider kills everyone, why is not everyone dead? Come to find out, if you put two and two together, no one has actually looked this the guy spider, in the, ma- in the spider. <laughs> looked this snake in the eye. Correct. Directly in the eye. Right. Because. So if you remember, um, Mrs. Norris saw the snake through the water, the puddle on, on the floor. Um, Colin Creepy saw it through his uh, camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, the other um, Hogwarts student, saw it through nearly headless Nick, who's mm-hmm. already dead, so we can't <laughs> die again. Um, and then Hermione was smart enough to figure it out, and she used a mirror to yes. be petrified. Um, <laughs> so, but now, so they know what it is. They know how it can kill you. They know how it's getting around, um, but they still don't know how to get into the chamber. At this point, though, they come in or the teachers come in and say that a student has been taken into the chamber Mm -hmm. and that Hogwarts must close. Now, now it must close. (laughs) Now it's (laughs) really really bad. But this is the part. I wish they would have gone into this a little bit more in the movie, in the book. They're like, okay, Gilderoy, like, this is your expertise. Like, Mm -hmm. these giant monsters, like, go for it. And this is where we find out that... um, He's a big fat phony. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> important thing, the student that's been taken is Ginny Weasley. Yes. So even more important. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so Gilderoy's a big fat phony, so he's not there. But they still tell him. I love how the teachers like know that he's a phony, but right. they're like, you still go go for it. Well, yeah, because they want to make him feel like a 
idiot because, you know, his whole thing is like, I'm so smart. I'm so great. Which is all fine, but not when people are dying (laughs) or about to die. Well, I think they're mostly saying it to like get him out of their way. It's more like, okay, you go figure that out while we actually try (laughs) to figure it out. Um, But again, like the first movie, Dumbledore was you know, called away Mm -hmm. when all this is happening. Now he's suspended during this time. (laughs) Like it's, there's just too much similarity between these two books for me. It's very interesting how um, convenient it is that Dumbledore never is actually there to save the day. Right. (laughs) But he is the best wizard in the entire world. Uh, Anyway, so they end up going back to the bathroom because they're trying to talk to Moaning Myrtle because they're like, she's the girl who was Mm -hmm. killed 50 years ago. Um, Come to find out that, that's because the entrance of the Chamber of Secrets is in the bathroom under the sink. Mm-hmm. I mean, why wouldn't you put it there? Right. Um, and that they try to find out how to open it. And, you know, there's like snakes on the little like the little the faucet thing. Mm-hmm. So they're like, Harry, tell it to open. I did like in the book how he tried to do it and it didn't work. <laughs> and he like was just speaking normal. Right. And it was like a struggle for him. He had to try it a couple times. Well, yeah, he didn't actually know he spoke a different <laughs> language. Yeah. Um, but in the movie, he does it right away. Um, <laughs> but they end up opening the chamber of secret or the, the door to get to the mm-hmm. chamber of secrets. They end up uh, making Gilderoy jump down. <laughs> first and there's a bunch of bones and a giant snake skin and this is where ron's like bloody hell <laughs> like ron is everyone's thoughts throughout this totally whole um so but at this point gilderoy is like i gotta get out of here like this is wild like like he, i'm not actually good at doing things right so. but he's also like okay like i'm gonna pretend like I saved these kids or you guys are going to die, but I'm going to like try to save Mm. you, but we're going to like erase your memory and like all this stuff. So he tries, he steals Ron's wand, which is still broken. And he tries to do that little spelly spell thing that you were talking about. Oh, obliviate. Yeah. It explodes the memories (laughs) and uh, it ends up backfiring on him and it then takes his memories, um, but also collapses the tunnel And now Ron can't get through. If you flash back to the first movie, remember (laughs) when Ron couldn't get through the next to the next? Yeah, he sacrificed himself. Yeah, like, come on. Basically, what we find out is Harry has to do all those things by himself. (laughs) Right. Uh, But yeah, so Harry goes on on his own, just like in the first movie. Um, And he does get into the Chamber of Secrets. Um, He has to speak Parseltongue again to get through the final door. Um, It's very Indiana Mm Jones-esque. Like, I feel like that's this movie at this point when you see the big long Mm -hmm. corridor. Uh, They see Ginny laying on the floor and she's barely alive, but she's still alive. Um, And we see Tom Riddle there or the memory of Tom Riddle Mm -hmm. is there. Um, And he explains like at first Harry's like, come on, help me, help me, bro. We're (laughs) friends here. Remember? And then it takes, you know, it takes Harry a minute to be like, Oh wait, you're the bad guy. (laughs) Which again, kind of happens in Sorcerer's Stone. Like, you know what I mean? He thought like Professor Coral was like there to help. Yeah. See, you didn't even, yeah. I didn't even realize. I know, right? Anyways, um, so, but he ends up explaining that the weaker Ginny gets, the stronger he gets. So every time, you know, one of these kids dies and gets weaker, he gets stronger. Um, And Tom was actually 
basically possessing Ginny mm-hmm. to do all of these bad things. Right. So she is the one who wrote on the walls. She is and opened the chamber. Yes, and she all did that. all of that because yeah. I guess these memories can com- can possess people. Sure, sure. anything can happen. Right. <laughs> um. So, but a big difference is is. In the book, we kind of get this backstory on how he got Ginny to really trust him mm-hmm. and how he got into Ginny, basically. Yeah. So Ginny, actually, when she realizes that she has this diary, is like, oh, this is cool. Like, it's a blank diary that I can use or whatever. Um, we, <laughs> in the book, find out that she has an incredibly big crush on Harry, mm-hmm. which is why she gets so clammy every time she sees him. <laughs> so she's actually, like, writing all of these, like, you know, love notes or, like, things, you know, like all girls did in their right. notebooks when they were younger um, about, you know, her and Harry and... Um, Tom uses that as like her his way of basically, you know, getting into Ginny's mind and like getting her to do all these things. So then we also then come to find out that Hagrid was framed mm-hmm. and Tom did it. Um Jerk. but he also t- says that he doesn't care about killing mudbloods anymore. That's that was like 50 years ago. Yeah. So 50 years ago. <laughs> He's over it. Um and then we find out that Tom Riddle is not only just Tom Riddle. He is Lord Voldemort. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Plot twist. Harry had no idea. He was totally, totally caught off guard. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, Fox flies in. Fox is- Hold on. Can I just say what a great reveal that is? Because, you know, Tom Marvolo Riddle. Yes. And if you, you know, change up the letters, you get Lord Voldemort. I wonder if I- I am Lord Voldemort. I I like how it's just not that it's it's I am because he had a couple extra letters. (laughs) Right. Um, I wonder what I could change my name to with all the letters in my name. You have some interesting letters because you've got like two H's, you got, got a K randomly. I got double N's, double E's, double, and S's. double S's. Yeah, you got so a, lot a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really, Fox ends up being the MVP because totally. Fox flies in at this point and drops the sorting hat for Harry, and everyone's like, "What is that going to do?" Right? And what, is he going to like will him into a different house? <laughs> right, exactly. So, but at this point, Tom releases the basilisk. So we see this giant snake thing come out. Um, but like the MVP is, Fox blinds the blinds the thing so he can't petrify Harry. Or kill him. If or kill him. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that was really smart of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, so Harry's looking at the, as he's trying to get away from the snake, he looks back down at the sorting hat and there's this giant sword, like, sword in the stone type thing (laughs) um just sitting there in the hat just shows up in the book it happens a little differently yeah he actually puts the hat on his head because he's thinking (laughs) what is this hat supposed to do do i have to put it on um and the sword ends up falling out of the hat once he does (laughs) like hits him in the head yeah so anyways there's like a scuffle between the snake they're going down the pipes blah 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 um harry ends up stabbing the basilisk in the head with the sword um and he also bites Harry at the same exact time. I thought it was way too easy to kill this thing. Yeah. Did it was, you feel that way? It was much more drawn out in the in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that was really easy. I could have done that probably and not get bit, Harry. So anyways, Harry got bit. So, and you don't even, you hear so much about the snake's eyes and that's what kills people. Come to find out, it's also poisonous. So if you get bit by it, you also mm. die. But they don't mention that pretty much at all. Right. And... So Harry has this giant basilisk fang that is now, you know, the venom is going through his body. But at the same time, he's trying to figure out how to kill Tom 
So he ends up stabbing the fang in the diary, right? Mm-hmm. Which spews out all of the ink. Yeah, which is okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought of that. I wouldn't have either. Not in a million years no. would I have thought that. But good on you, Harry. <laughs> um, but then Ginny comes back to life, and Fox flies in and. Since his tears heal everything, ends up healing Harry, mm-hmm. the real MVP. I will say it's important to note that um, what Harry did to the diary, that will come. That's one of the things that is important in the sixth book. Okay, we'll come back to that in <laughs> 1,700 pages. Right. <laughs> um, but Fox ends up flying them out of the chamber. Um, I was like, is this really the easiest way out of this chamber? Like, if they didn't have Fox, how are they going to get out of that thing? They wouldn't have. Like well, again, like I mentioned earlier, it was important because he, that phoenixes can carry carry right. big loads. Yeah, they would have been <laughs> SOL if, if Fox wasn't there. Right. <laughs> like that's just, like died in the chamber. That, that's why there's so many bones in the chamber. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, and when she was writing this book, like, did she get to this point and she's like, crap. Like, <laughs> how are they gonna get out of here? And she's like, all right, I'm gonna go back talk about how fox can carry heavy loads <laughs> and then real and then the fox can fly them out of the hole that's this is I why i um give props to to people that write books because i can only imagine how difficult it is oh i'm sure to fill all the holes yeah. and everything um so yay the day is saved um they're back in dumbledore's office and he tells harry that he's giving him an award they're giving them the award of service to the school which is important because that's that is the award that he that they gave Tom Riddle years mm, ago. Yes. Because Ron was polishing it during his detention. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Full circle. Full circle. But then he starts telling him how Fox only came because he showed his true loyalty to Dumbledore. Which I'm like, yeah, because that's what you should have said when you were leaving Hagrid's hut. <laughs> but you didn't say it. But So it didn't make fully sense, but it was still, you know, fine. Um, but Harry's afraid at this point. He's like, why am I able, like, he's freaked out. He's like, why am I able to speak parcel tongue? Like, why am I connected to Tom Riddle? To Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. And basically Dumbledore tells him, you know, like the night that he killed your parents, part of Lord Voldemort was transferred to you. Mm -hmm. Like some of his powers were transferred to you. And that's why you're able to do these things. He gives one of the best lines here. He says, it is not our abilities that show us who we are. It is our choices. It is fascinating. He's so wise. (laughs) He's so wise. (laughs) Um, But he tells me that the sorting hat put him in, he put him in Gryffindor because he asked him to. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what, you know, what are you saying that Harry chose to go in there? Otherwise he would have put you in. (laughs) He would have put you in there. Um, But he explains that the sword that showed up was from Godric Gryffindor and that only a real Gryffindor could have pulled it out of the hat. So which makes sense. Yes. He's meant to be in Gryffindor. Exactly. Um, (laughs) So at this point, Lucius comes in with, None other than Dobby. We find out that Dobby is actually the house house elf of the, the freaking Malfoys. Malfoys, which is just as bad as the Dursleys. Totally. Um, <laughs> but we end up finding out that Malfoy is the one who placed the diary back at Flourish and Blots mm-hmm. um, with Ginny so someone could find it. Which, again, is important because remember going back when we said that Harry didn't run into them when they were at the nocturnal place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And because we find out kind of during that whole part that 
the Malfoys have all of these random artifacts mm-hmm. at their house. Yeah, because the Malfoys, and specifically Lucius, um, was a um, follower of Lord Voldemort yes. when he was in his prime. So he has all of these, like, you know, shady things. Right. Including the diary. Right. So he's a scumbag. So the diary's there. And Harry ends up taking the diary and puts a sock in it. In the book, they kind of like, for some reason, like describe Harry like taking off this stinky sock. And it's very detailed. Very important. Uh, But he ends up putting his sock in the diary and he tries to give it back to Lucius. Mm -hmm. And Lucius is like, I don't want this. Clearly it's broken now. And he just hands it to Dobby. Well, if you go remember that if a master gives a house elf a piece of clothing like a sock, they are free. So now Dobby is a free elf and Lucius is pissed. People are (laughs) so pissed. pissed. And something that happens in the book or in the movie that doesn't happen in the book is that what's that spell he tries to do? So we haven't been introduced to this yet um, in in the movie and the books, Um, but he tries, he, he does, he starts to do a Avada which if you've read all of the books, Avada Kedavra is the killing curse. So he is so pissed at Harry <laughs> that he is willing to just kill him right then and there. Right. Well, and in the book... Which does not happen in the book. Which does not happen in the book. Yeah. And also it's, it happens a little differently in the book. In the book, Harry just flings his sock at Lucius <laughs> and then Lucius kind of just like volleys it over to Dobby yeah. without even thinking. They did a much better job of doing it in the movie. Yes, very much so. One thing that they added, though, at the end of this scene is, you know, Dobby's so thankful to Harry. And Harry's like, just promise me to never try to save my life again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Dobby, yeah. <laughs> leave, leave him be. Uh, but now they're back at the feast um, at the end of school. Hermione is back. All the exams have been canceled. Woohoo! Which I think happened again in the first book. <laughs> As well. Listen, there's a lot of traumatic things happening. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and then Hagrid is back and he gets this big standing ovation. As he should. As he should. But does not happen in the book. No. And that's how the movie ends. And that's not how the movie, that's not how the book ends. No, the book, again, very similar to the first book, um, ends with them kind of on the platform waiting for the mm-hmm. Hogwarts Express to go yeah. home. <laughs> well, and they also mention at the end of the book that Gryffindor has won the House Cup again. Mm-hmm. I mean... From what I remember, the house cup is only important really like in the first, in the first book. First, yeah, that's true. It's, it's so important in the first book. Like they talk about it all the time and then, you know, even bigger things, bigger fish to fry. Right. Well, and then, you know, like you mentioned, Quidditch is super important. So I feel like the focus kind of shifts over to like Quidditch specifically and winning the, the Quidditch cup. Yes. Um, so yeah, so that's how this one ends. Mm -hmm. So what'd you think? <laughs> did, it, did, did this one stay true to the book? Um, yeah, for the most part, I feel like it did. Um, obviously, we've, we've touched on a few things that, that were changed. Um, but similarly to the first one, I do feel like this one was, it stuck pretty closely to, to the movie. I think it did. Um, I think that's important to note because as we'll talk next week, um, both of these were, were directed by Chris Columbus. Mm-hmm. The third and the followings are, following movies are not. Right. So I'm not sure if that had anything to do with it or not, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, it did stick to the book. I agree with that. Um, so would you go with the book or the movie for this one? I'm going with the book. Um, I, I, 
So basically, before we started to do these, I was like, I'm curious to see if my opinions will change right. through these reread and rewatches. Um, this one did not. No. I, I will always pick the book in this scenario. Uh, as you mentioned, the movie is the longest movie in the series, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous. <laughs> um, it's 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 an okay made movie. I just don't love. I don't love a lot of the characters that like are introduced yeah. specifically in this movie and like. Um, with the exception of how it kind of relates, like I said, to the sixth one, it's kind of a very like throwaway yeah. um, move or book or movie. Sorry, in my opinion, so yeah. I gotta go with the book. Um, I don't really want to pick either. <laughs> you didn't like it. <laughs> I just I, I I'm gonna go with the book mm-hmm. because I gotta pick one. Um, but like I said, I struggled with it because I just read the other book, so I was annoyed while reading the book mm-hmm. because it kept just. One, it was so similar to the first one and then just kept reminding me of things. Yeah. Um, and then again, the movie was fine, but it didn't have like the first, you know, the first movie was so like, you know, you get to see Hogwarts. There's that like iconic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that feeling. This one, you've already seen it all. And then it's like, so none, you don't get that feeling. And then the plot is so similar. Right. And I'm like, I'd rather just watch the first one again. Yeah. So, but I'll go with the book on this one. Fair. <laughs> All right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. You can also email us at theboviegirls at gmail.com. And as we mentioned earlier, we are on Patreon. We have a couple of levels that you can become a patron. We have our rom-com level, which gets you the episodes um, at least 24 hours in advance. You also get access to our Karen reviews. Then we've got the drama level, which gets you everything that I already mentioned. You also get a sticker for joining. You get a shout out in one of our future episodes and you get access to our after credits party episodes. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash the booby girls to become a patron. You can read that in your sleep now. Barely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So next week we're continuing on this Harry Potter journey with the prisoner of Azkaban. Mm -hmm. I will say so Roche got a brand new set of Harry Potter books before we started this. You can see it on our Instagram. Yeah. And so I got all of her hand me downs. <laughs> I'm currently reading Prisoner of Askman and I, you can tell Roche has read this so many times. There are pages falling out of it. Oh, really? In the middle. Cause it's a hardback. So the oh. binding started to come out. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Um, they were, um, they were used with love. They were, I'm not, I'm not knocking you for it. So, but I'm actually, I'm enjoying this book quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to rewatch the movie. Nice. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye.